everyone. Welcome to Code Gang, a podcast for all generations. For those of you who don't know, Koke means to be open. It means openly. And here at Koke, we encourage everyone to listen Koke, speak Koke, and think Koke. My name is Harpo. I'm Simran. And I'm Nimrit. And today we are doing episode six. And in true Koke fashion, we are going to talk about something completely Koke. And that is dating. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Dating is a unique and diverse experience for every single person we know. Some people have been on more dates than they have fingers, some people have been on a couple dates, and some people have no dating experience at all. But regardless of what your experience with dating is, sometimes dating can be a very contentious issue. And we're going to talk about that today in this podcast episode. Dating for me has always been such an anxiety-inducing experience. I get very nervous and anxious about going on dates, and yet I keep repeating myself and doing it anyway. Dating for me has always been such a weird, interesting, you know, exciting, but also kind of stressful experience. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that can relate because it's quite ridiculous sometimes to constantly put yourself out there with people you barely know or people you've known for a while. Or you know what? People that you might actually marry and have children with one day. So what is dating like for either of you two? I think for me, I don't have as much experience as I probably would like um, in my, like, young adult life, like, in my 20s or, like, in university. Like, I never really went on, like, you know, dates or, like, met somebody at a coffee shop or, like, in on, in class and, like, went on a date with somebody or talked to somebody. Like, I didn't really do that. Um, like, I think I, I had, a, like, a half-real boyfriend in high school, but, like, not really. And then... Now I'm in a relationship, but I was introduced to that person, and, like, that kind of happened like that, you know? I've never, like, kind of had to go out and, like, find a date or be on a date. So I don't think I would know how to do it. And I think it would also <laughs> stress me out, and I think it also – it does stress me out. That's why I just avoided it completely. <laughs> For me, I've been on a handful of dates, uh, one of which led to uh, my marriage. <laughs> so, you know, we dated once or twice, decided, hey, we get on so well, let's get married. And that didn't turn out so well. Um, and since my divorce, I've just been on maybe two dates. So I think I have I have a lot of anxiety about it too. And my, my big thing about it is how do I even find the people to date? Because I am not into the online dating scene. It just isn't my thing. Mm -hmm. And so I just live my life. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about dating very openly. Haha, <laughs> very coke in this <laughs> podcast. But dating has not been something that we might have talked about this openly at one point in our lives. And I think it's because sometimes dating can be kind of a taboo subject in communities like ours. You know, mm -hmm. in ethnic communities, in communities of color, dating is not necessarily... Um, as easily done, as easily spoken of. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the question that I want to pose is how has dating as a concept changed or perhaps evolved in our community and culture? I mean, has it gotten better? Has it gotten worse? What do we think? Well, I can share from my experience. When I was growing up, my parents were very strict and they told me, don't even look at a boy. So forget about dating. Um, and I didn't date people, anyone in my high school or even at university. And then the funny thing was right after university, they were like, okay, so you should get married. But I hadn't met anyone. And I told them, you told me not to date anyone. So I guess I shouldn't have followed their rules. 
And then after that, uh, in those days, I, I didn't have the opportunity to meet people because I had started working. And um, so, yeah, not. I think it's really changed over the years. I know when I had my own children, we used to have discussions about how old do they have to be before they can date. And someone, do you remember you and I had some discussions? I thought it was 18. <laughs> yeah, you, it was like after high school. And you thought it should be... I thought, I was like, that's fine, but, like, I also didn't know, I don't think we, like, really defined what dating was. Like, Mm -hmm. I think your, what I'm thinking now is that your understanding of dating was, like, having a boyfriend, and for me, I think then I was like, I'm not allowed to talk to boys at all. Like, okay, I don't have to have a boyfriend, but, like, can I, like, talk to boys if I want to? Or, like, how do you, like... And I, I think that's another thing I didn't understand was like, how do I just sudden, how do I like keep this switched off for 18 years and then have to turn right. it on and like know how to do it? But in the mm-hmm. end, we settled on a different date. It was 16, Well, because then I like started talking to a guy and like went to his prom and it, I was like 16 or 17. So like we had to, but even that was like very difficult. I remember like you not being very happy about it. And I totally have a different perception. Like, you, you were okay. And I oh, yeah, you let dress. me all do that. And, like, that was all fine. But, like, I, I remember, like, having a lot of, like, like, anxiety about it. And I think that also ties into something we talked about before, which was where I, I was at that, in that stage in my life, I was at that point where I thought I had to lie to you about stuff when I didn't have to lie to you about stuff, but other people were doing it. So that was all kind of tied together. And also, I don't really think that I liked him that much as a person, but, like, I just, like, stuck with it because, yeah, because I was a teenager and because, like, a boy was showing me interest in me and that had never happened before. So I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, then this must be the way it works in the world. I mean, you know, it was a very short-lived thing, but, and then after that, I just, like, didn't date. And I never got the, you know, when are you getting married question, but then I noticed when I got to university, like it was becoming more and more of a topic and I was afraid to start like dating at that point because I just felt like this invisible little person that like walked around and nobody noticed like that's how I felt Mm -hmm. and I never like opened myself up enough enough even to just have a conversation with somebody like in a class or on campus or like like I had a hard enough time like making friends let alone like finding somebody to date so I just avoided it. And, and in the meantime, I kept asking her, have you met anyone? Right. Have you met anyone? So when, when the, and that's, <laughs> so that's a, essentially, I, in, in some senses, I feel like it has changed because we talk about it, but it also hasn't changed from your experience because I feel right. like I still have, I, and for friends that I have and just myself in general, like, it's kind of like nobody wants you to talk about boys until you turn like 21 and suddenly you're like in university and you're about to graduate and then they're like, okay, when are you getting married? Yes. Uh, I want to say two things. So the first thing is this idea around the age. So I also like vividly remember my dad sitting me and my two cousins down and we talked about how he, my dad thought that we shouldn't date in high school. So he said, I think up until 18 is like a good age. Mm -hmm. And we were like, yeah, cool. That's fine. But it's hilarious because now that we are older in our twenties, he goes back on that (laughs) and he really regrets it. And he's very openly like upset about the idea that, he put an age restriction because he, in his mind, he sees people who have been with other people since high school and he thinks that maybe he held us back from opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I have to just say, um, excuse me, no, I would never date any of the guys I went to high school yeah, with. Right? I didn't like any of them. I still don't like any of them. Right? So, you know, I, that's fine. Um, I think the second thing I wanted to say is that 
I don't necessarily think that things have changed that much from when auntie was explaining, you know, auntie, you're explaining your experience to us of how like they were, you were always told like not to date, not to do that. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, well, have you found somebody yet? Mm -hmm. And I think that that happens, right? Where even when I was growing up, um, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to speak about my experience a little bit later on because I feel like my experience is a little bit unique in terms of my relationship with my parents in relation to dating. But I think that did happen where a lot of people around me, I've talked to them about how their parents always told them, um, that whether implicitly or explicitly that dating is not good and that like, you shouldn't like, you know, like, mm-hmm. like yeah. I mean, I'm sure that the boys did not hear that, yeah. but <laughs> there was always this idea of like, why would you be out in the streets with a boy? Like what if someone yeah. sees you? So um, I think there was like an internalized fear there. And mm-hmm. then you just thought that dating was bad and that boys were bad. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, bam, you're like 22 and your parents are like, Hey, I want you married by 25. So go out there. And you're supposed to use all these tools and skills that you did not Don't have. activate for 22 years. Yeah, yeah, totally, 100% agree. I mean, you never told me I have to go get married, Mom. No. But it's not a question that has not come up from other people, and it's not – and also, I think when I was, like, 14, 13, like, really little, like, you ask your parents, oh, Mom, how old were you when you got married? And she says, like, what, 25? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, so that's when I'm supposed to get married. And then now I'm, like, mm-hmm. I'm 24, and I'm, like, holy sh- like no thank you like I am a child I'm a baby I don't feel ready for that because it's just a lot and so but then at the same time like you're you're thinking about okay do I have this biological clock is that a thing do I need to worry about it but then I'm also like I haven't made a decision do I want children like when do I want them how many I don't I don't know how to make those choices yet I don't feel ready to make those choices but I also don't want to make the wrong choice. And I think that's mm-hmm. also another thing that comes up with this whole dating and like this stage of your life and like c- completing your stages on time is that there's a right, there's an assumption that there's a right way to do it or, you know, but mm-hmm. even, even if right. you're, if you're, if you don't have those experiences when you're younger or you do have them or you're allowed to date or you're not allowed to date, you, I understand the regret part of it and I, and I feel that sometimes in my own self as well. But then what I've realized is like your experiences, no matter what they are, have led you to the place you are and led you to be the person you are. So you can't always regret those things. Of course. It's very, I would not be the badass person I am today. Exactly. I've been distracted by boys all those years. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, no, but it's, it's so true. And maybe if you had, like, you'd be, like, less anxious about dating, but maybe you wouldn't be also. Like, you don't know. You right. never know, and you can't predict that. Mm-hmm. So there was something that you said that I want to hone in on. You said the word assumptions. Mm-hmm. So what are the assumptions or the expectations around dating in our community, in our culture, in our society? What are some assumptions that we have? It's – okay, honestly, like, I think it's, like, you got to – Find the person at the right age, not before, not too late, and you better hit the nail on the head the first time because mm-hmm. nobody wants to be introduced to somebody that you're not going to end up marrying kind of thing, you know? That's yep. the vibe that yeah. I get. I think that too. I think that a really big assumption um, is that you're dating to marry, mm-hmm. of that like every single person that you date, you have to think about as a potential suitor for marriage. Yeah. Um, and I think like, I mean, I've, I've even had this conversation with my mom where sometimes like I can sense the judgment and I can sense the disgust of like, oh, so like 
you you kiss more than one person or like <laughs> you date more than one person then like and you just do that and I'm like yeah that's kind of how like dating and like life for us work but I think that the assumption is that once you start dating it's like if you're if you're only going on one date or like you're only seeing someone for an x amount of time and they're not lasting long term that it was a waste and mm-hmm. I think that's a really big assumption yeah. um is that dating just here and there is frivolous and that yeah. it's it's a t- waste of time but I don't know Andy can you relate to that what do you think about your own assumptions with dating well I um, t- I want to talk about the ex- expectations of me as a 52 year old I don't know many people would like if I dated like in our family yeah I know I'm oh. I wouldn't like so my dad my dad lives with me and I don't think I could bring a guy home and say hi dad this is my boyfriend like no way <laughs> like seriously um are you one of us are you actually I like, and not seriously I think and so. you know what to tell you the truth so Simon be honest here how would you have liked it if I'd been dating the last 10-15 years I feel like it would have been really weird there you go but and only because I was really young and oh. or, you know up until a start, like okay I had this whole theory about like how you're and this is a real thing it's not really a theory but like your brain rewires as a teenager and there's already so much stuff going on and like I was not very emotionally stable as a teenager I was always <laughs> up and down and I don't think I've like I'm not stable stable 100% I mean nobody is everybody has their days but I feel like I've kind of started to level off recently so like now I could handle it but I don't think that like even three years ago, I could have coped. And isn't that so funny? I think instinctively I knew that. Yeah. And so one of the reasons I didn't date was, you know, first I was too busy um, healing from my marriage and the breakup, which it was very traumatic for me because I had gotten married for life. That's mm-hmm. the promise I'd made. And here I was 10 years later, divorced. Number two after that, I was a single mother. I was bringing up two young children and just trying to get to two different soccer games and four different soccer practices in a week. Mm -hmm. That was my life and work. And then after that, I was building a business and traveling for my business. So up until now, I haven't really felt I had the time. And Mm -hmm. I, I think now I do have the time. The girls are older. They're moving out, you know, doing their own thing. And I actually have evenings and weekends free where I look around and think, oh, so what am I supposed to do? Yeah. And I think, like, I think it would have, and you tried the whole, I think you tried a couple, like, what was it, online, but not online, like, you kind of, like, go and do, like, speed dating kind of thing, but not really. Yeah. And I think at that time, I could handle it, but if you actually had, like, a boyfriend, then I would probably be, like, not as, like, chill about it. I don't know, but I would have, like, not that I didn't want you to, but just that, like, I don't think I could have coped yet. But now I feel, like, a little bit more better about it, well, a lot better about it. So like, I think it's so cool you know. that I know someone who did events and adventures because I would hear that ad on the radio all the time. But I was like, who does this? And you know what? It didn't work out because there were always more women than men. Really? Yeah, it was just not well set up. I don't know if it's changed. This was years ago when it first started. Yeah. Women are trying a lot more than men, yeah. um, obviously. <laughs> but one thing that I want to kind of touch on is you said something about how people wouldn't like it. Um, if you as a 52 year old were dating, people would be perhaps uncomfortable with that in your immediate life. And I think that like, I want to ask in general, why is dating so taboo? Like, what about it is so taboo that sometimes it goes unheard of or unspoken of, or even like gets an eyebrow raised in our community or in our culture? Like, what about dating is so taboo? I mean, if I answer that question on my own, it kind of goes back to what I just said is that like, I personally think it has a lot to do with this idea of 
if you're dating, you're sleeping around and that you're not being quote unquote pure. I mean, I don't even know what that means, but Mm -hmm. um, I think it does have to go back to the fact that you're not like saving yourself for one person and that you're not committing yourself to one person. And that's why I feel like dating is so taboo because you're, you're opening yourself up in multiple ways to someone that is not your husband or not your wife. Mm -hmm. And you're being vulnerable and you're letting that, that person in. And then like, I think also some parents might think that they don't want to have to put that effort in with somebody if you're not serious about it. Mm -hmm. And, but at the same time, it's so tricky because they also, as parents, and I'm just saying what I think is that they also want you to be with somebody who you're happy with, but how do you find that person unless you test the waters, so to speak? Well, I actually agree with that. I think you should date someone and really get to know them because on this end, you know, I got married within six months of meeting uh, the person I was going to marry and you have to be married for the rest of your life. So you're pretty young at 25 to decide in six months, this is the person I'm going to spend my life with. Mm -hmm. So I think take your time. Just reminded me of a metaphor that I saw in a movie and it was such a dope movie, such a dope metaphor. So it's the movie Dear Zindigi and it's Shahrukh Khan Ali And so he's her therapist and he gives her this example of like a chair. So you go into a store and you want to buy a chair. And when you want to buy a chair, you know, you sit on a few different chairs, you test out, you see if they're comfy, you see if it supports your back, you see how it feels on the arms, you see if it supports you and you also see what it looks like. So if you put in that much effort to choose a chair, a piece of furniture in your life, why are you not putting in that much effort to choose your life partner? Mm -hmm. And I think that's so great because sometimes you need to try out a few different chairs and a few different stores and you need to see how they feel before you commit to buying that chair. And I think that's the same kind of pickiness and standard we need to have when we're finding a life partner. And you can only do that by dating. You know, trying on all those chairs is a larger extended metaphor for dating. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. So I think we're able to understand that analogy and that metaphor because I think that's what our perception of dating is, right? We think it's okay to go on a couple dates and to to really feel it out. But Mm -hmm. I think that for some people that don't believe that dating is a good thing, that you should be dating, like it's a waste of time, um, perhaps they don't have that same perception. And so I'm going to ask another question. Um, In what ways are, are our perceptions about dating impacted by our experiences with dating? Um, but how have those experiences kind of driven our perceptions about dating in general? How, how, how do we actually view dating based on our dating experience? Okay, well, I can say I don't have that much dating experience. So all my perceptions are based on other people's dating experience. So, you know, I have friends who do online dating and they talk about how horrible it is and the kind of people they meet and all the different things that happen and how you know it's really beautiful then it's not and after hearing that for years I'm like why would I want to do that to myself so I don't even start that's my perception and that's the decision I make Hmm. how about you Simran I think for me it it used to be a lot of again I always felt invisible I felt like nobody was even looking at me anyway I felt like I didn't know what the right things to say were to people because at some like I never wanted to just be like okay how can I get this guy to like me I wanted to be like this is me how do I find somebody who likes me you know and I was always just too afraid to put myself out there and so 
to even like yeah to get to see if somebody would like me so I I had this like essentially not a facade but like it was this version of myself that I presented forward because I was afraid of being too vulnerable too quickly mm-hmm. but then like you said mom it's like it's so hard to and Harpo you as well it's like it's so it's so hard to just keep doing it and it's so hard to be like okay how do I have the emotional strength to keep being vulnerable even mm-hmm. knowing that it might not go anywhere with this one person totally I agree 100% like why do we keep doing it because yeah. I feel like that too anytime I go on a date and it ends horribly you know I'm like oh my god I'm off of this like men are trash like I'm not doing this yeah. and then weeks later I'm like okay I'll go on another one but I think yeah. that's like me as like a hopeless romantic thinking that like and I think okay yes hopeless romantic but also like for me I feel like I view every date and every person that I date as a learning experience yeah. like as if I'm like I'm like gathering um experience and so I think by not putting yourself out there you're not really seeing what you like and what you don't like yeah I think in general like my perception of dating is really shaped by my relationship with my parents and Mm -hmm. how open we have been about dating I think I was very um I'm very grateful and I think I was extremely lucky that I was able to talk about dating so openly in my household Mm -hmm. um I remember being in like maybe I don't know like fresh out of high school and talking to my dad and saying it's okay if I go on dates, right? Like, it's okay for me to date. And I Mm -hmm. asked him that. And he said, yeah, of course it is. But like, I obviously want to know who you're with, where you're going, and what this person does, because I care about your safety. It's not because I don't care about, um, that I don't want you to go on the date. You know, he he said to me, I I completely understand that this is what your generation needs to do now is to kind of like, I don't know, try out chairs. Yeah. Um, So (laughs) I think, it's been e- it's been easier. Um, I I very honestly will text my dad or call my dad and even my mom, right? But I think dads are scarier. I'll I'll say, hey, I'm going on a date today. Uh, this is his name. Um, I think sometimes I don't tell him because my my idea in like my head is that, and I'll be very honest. Like I don't want my dad to think I'm like hoeing around. Like, yeah. That's not true. Like he's not gonna think that. Yeah, because um, it's just I, I it's the... like I will avoid telling him if they're like too close together because yeah. I think that goes back to what we talked about of like the assumptions that yeah. like if you're doing it too much, maybe it's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, but I very openly will tell him, and I think in that way, it's it's shaped my perception around dating because dating for me has been something that I'm like, okay, I can keep doing. Like, I don't feel like I have like an expiration date mm-hmm. that like, okay, I need, I have like uh, four dates allocated to me, four people I can date. And then mm-hmm. by the fifth one, I have to make a decision because I have to be answerable to my parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what you said about like, um, not telling him about one, if it's too close together, like, I think that whole like thing that in our heads that gets built up is the link between like dating and sex. It's like, yeah. it's like they don't know what, or, like, there's just so many assumptions about what a date is. Like, mm-hmm. why can't we just all be like, yeah, a date is, like, we go for dinner, or we go for coffee, and we sit there and we talk. Like, no one's, like, jumping anybody. Like, we're all just, like, <laughs> like trying to get to know each other. Like, what's your name? Like, how old are you? Like, what do you do? What are your hobbies? Like, that's what the date is. What's your is. favorite color? Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's such a link sometimes to those two things, and they don't always have to be like that. But also, even if, if they are, that's okay, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what I yeah, think totally. is... What I think is the fact that I think even we have the thing about dating is to find the one, yes. know, the person. Mm-hmm. How right. about if the reframe was dating is just fun. It's just to meet different people mm-hmm. and have experiences. Yes. And I think to a certain extent, it can be fun. I think like if I think back to some of the dates that I've been on, 
they were horrible. They were yeah. horrible in the sense that, like, I mean, I don't feel like I have, like, a date ex- dating experience where, like, I feel like something super horrible happened and, like, I could submit it as a story to BuzzFeed. But mm-hmm. I think just in general, like, you get there and the person's just not who you think they are. And I think also, like, dating, I say, is an anxiety-inducing experience because I feel like as a woman, I'm particularly vulnerable to certain things when I go on a date with someone that I don't know or um, you know like there's like a million things that I have to consider about going on a date every single time like I have to tell my friends where I'm going like I have to look up the address I have to figure out how to get there and back and I you know I there's like an added element of safety that I have to consider anytime I go on a date with someone because I don't know what's gonna happen to me you know so that's why I feel like I say it's just an anxiety inducing experience and I think like when I'm with someone that I'm like I can be open and clicky and be wholeheartedly with that's when I feel like that dating is worth it yeah and I think the reframe mom was talking about was mostly in terms of like how do we separate the whole like assumptions thing like Mm -hmm that yes, all those anxiety things happen and like the extra precaution that we have to take as women and being in a space that might not always be safe for us. And you well, you are going out with strangers essentially, unless you've known the person your whole life. Like it's not somebody you know. So like that mm-hmm. is always something to think about. But the reframe comes into effect. Not having too many expectations yes, not of having that date. Of that date. And like, just like the date itself, not so much all the other things that you have to do because those are important too and those are always going to be considered and those are always going to be like things you have to put into place but that like Mm -hmm. the experience of dating can just be fun instead of just being to find the person you have to marry yeah and I think also it's you're meeting someone for the first time Mm -hmm. and you're both nervous it's not just you you're both anxious yeah you're both putting your best foot forward so I don't even know if the first the first or the only date is a way to really tell You know, like if you really get on because you might be putting on a front and you might feel that, oh, something's not right, but it's only because the other person's anxious. Yeah. And I think you have to really be like emotionally in tune and like listen to what your body is telling you because I think so many times like that for me, that's how I can recognize if it's just like, oh, I this person's just kind of like weird. Oh, he said that one thing that like I don't really agree with or whatever versus like Mm -hmm. an instinctual like like flight fear mode <laughs> like where you're just like okay I don't feel safe I don't feel okay I need to get out of the situation and never see this person again like I think if you really can get in tune with how you feel and and the vibes that you get in that first date like there's two differences there it's like yes totally agree with you mom like sometimes you're just both really nervous and whatever about it but sometimes there's like those moments where you're like okay I just need to not be here okay super random question for my own curiosity's sake when you go on a date with someone and it's only been like one date, can you like, do you owe them an explanation for ghosting them afterwards? Because I mean, if you're only going on one date just to get to know them, do you really have to go through the whole process of like texting them and saying, Hey, I had a really great time last night, but like, I don't really think it's going to work. Like that's annoying. Can you just ghost the person? I mean, okay. I don't know because to be quite honest, I have done quite a lot of ghosting in my time. Yeah, me too. Sis. Me too. Because I have not, like, no, I, I, yeah, and I don't want to blame it on teenage rewiring brain, but honestly, like, I just used to be, like, afraid and, like, be, like, not answer the text, delete their phone number and throw my phone out the window kind of person. Like, that's, that's me. (laughs) And, like, now I'm in this relationship and it's fine and it's all good, but, and I think now I would be more comfortable and be like, okay, I don't, I can't just ghost this person if it were ever to end. Like, I would have to 
you know, have a conversation and we'd have to like come to it. But that's because it's been like two and a half years. But like otherwise. Well, yeah, you can't ghost your boyfriend of two years at this point. No, sorry. sorry. But also, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. I feel like it relates to that. It's it's also related to that vibe thing we were talking about of like, if it's a, okay, you're okay. And but we just don't kind of really get along or you said something weird and I'm just like not okay with it. Or if that like, actually, like I'm afraid of you and I need to not be mm-hmm. here. Like, I think you're allowed to ghost that scary person. I don't yeah. know about the other one. I would say if it's, like, one or two dates, like, maybe you can ghost them. But if it's, like, three dates, then maybe you can't. I totally disagree with you, too. So if, I think just be honest and upfront. Uh, just have, like, a thing that you say to people and say, hey, good meeting you, and it won't work out. Or you could say, hey, I could see us becoming friends, but, you know, there were no vibes the other way. And then moving on with your life, like be adult about it. Yeah, I guess. You know, I mean, think about the other person and how they must be feeling like. Okay, but what if you're, what if you get the vibe that this person could be really hostile? And like, yes, assumptions. People. No, but it's but assumptions. it's not always assumptions. Because what if you were on the date and like you got this weird vibe and you're like, okay, he's not, I'm not afraid of him. And I don't, I'm not like fear, like flight mode, but what if you get the sense that he's just like, or he or she, whoever, is very like hostile and could potentially like rage at you and you're just trying to save yourself like that emotional trauma? <laughs> like, Oh, mm-hmm. I think I think for a person like that, right at the end of the date, you say, hey, it was good, but yeah, let's but not then, meet again. But then you're like right in front of them. So like, it's even scarier. So you'd rather just like go home and then like never text them again. I don't know. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Sometimes those ghosts come back and sometimes it's easier to just let those ghosts go. Or sometimes, you know what, you do have to really address it and tell them that it wasn't working. And in my experience, I feel like me telling a person that I don't want to see them again, that response that I've gotten back from them has been the biggest indicator of who they are as a person. Mm -hmm. If they start to get angry and hostile, like you said, then I realize I've made the right call. And sometimes if they're super nice about it, I'll double guess it for maybe half a second, but then think about how I did not have a good time and get on with it. But my go-to lines for when I need to message somebody and tell them that I don't want to see them again are honestly just very nice and kind. Um, Sometimes they're a little sassy, but for the most part, I just say two things. I say, hey, I wasn't really feeling the vibe. And the second one was that, hey, I think we're fundamentally both very different. And that's all that you need to do. You don't really need to give any more of an explanation. And, And if we think back to our podcast on setting boundaries, this is what you had said, Harpo, is if something isn't working for you, to be able to say so and not to have a lot of explanations around it. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And isn't it better to say that to someone so that they know to move on and you can move on versus having them hanging around however long spending energy thinking about you? Yeah. And also, like, I think when I did do the ghosting, you think about it and it gives you more anxiety. Even though you've done the ghosting and it's over and you're not actually texting them, you're, you're just waiting for the next second where they're going to say something or come back, like you said. You know, so overall have courage. Yes. Yes. And say no. (laughs) (laughs) Say no. Thank you. (laughs) So we've covered a lot of ground in this podcast episode. We've talked about whether dating has changed, whether it's evolved. Um, We also addressed some of the things that make dating taboo in our culture, in our community. And we've kind of addressed our personal experiences with dating itself about how it sometimes can be stressful, it can be anxiety inducing. But I think overall what we've talked about, and I think that 
the three of us here agree is we're going to go back to that metaphor and that analogy that a beautiful Mr. Shadow Khan gave us <laughs> and talk about the chair. And we want to talk about dating in a positive way and talk about dating as something that's going to give you a lot more confidence and it's going to enrich your life and it's going to bring you forward and it's going to show you what you like and what you don't like. And what I'd like to add for all those parents out there, you can date if you are in a relationship too, you know. So how about having your parents go on their dates? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Because children are going to move out and have lives of their own. And so suddenly the parents are left looking at each other. Hi, who are you? Right? Yeah. So start dating people. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. I never thought about that. Hey, mom and dad, go have a date night. I don't know, okay. pop a bottle of wine and champagne. Harpo, you say that to your parents. Let me know. <laughs> I do it all the time. I push them out the door. I'm the one who buys their movie tickets for them. Because you know what? I refuse. I absolutely refuse to believe that romance dies. 